Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business or, let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5K. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by PDAC. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustlesharepdax. Also powered by Podmachine. The simplest way to grow and edit your podcast. Sign up now at podmachine.com and use the code HUSTLESHARE to get one free edit. I lost everything also during the pandemic. Imagine from from, from all the success and then um, you suddenly have remote learning. You ha- suddenly have people not going to the offices. So I thought the uniform business was going to be stable. So I already had a team. Welcome to HUSTLESHARE. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here is your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to this episode of the Hustler Podcast. I'm a little starstruck because <laughs> I am a big sports fan. And again, I knew I've been hearing this voice and I've been seeing this face in a lot of the sports leagues, especially locally. As you guys know, if you guys been listening to this, I always say that I have, sports has ingrained so much uh, to how I run my team and how I do my hustle. But today, we're also going to be talking to someone who has been deeply influenced by sports through covering it, but it's also a bonafide entrepreneur as well. So without further ado, Let's welcome to the show Miss Roxanne Monte Alegre of A-List Custom Clothing. Whoop, whoop. Welcome to the show, Roxanne. Hey, Ron. Good to finally meet you. Also yep. a sports fan, as I heard. Yes. <laughs> and, and a former player. So, di ba? Galing. <laughs> yeah, again. It was just a long time back when, you know, kids aren't this crazily skilled now. If you look at the... The kids that does their their moves like wow, that's something you can't even do at least 10 to 15 years ago. But it's not sports that we're going to be talking about, because mm-hmm. I need to ask you the million dollar question, Roxanne. What's your hustle? Okay, you know that's a tough question because I always call myself a slasher ever since I was in high school or college. A slasher. 
Slasher, I'm a business owner slash corporate person slash sports analyst or commentator. So several things always happening at the same time. But maybe let's focus now on A-list custom clothing that you just mentioned because it's relevant that from remote learning, kids are now going back to school. And it's my very first official business. And now it's uh, returning. It's reopening this coming August. Wow. For, I mean, inside the campus. Right. And especially, you know, again, slowly but surely, we're going back to normal. Again, what, whatever the new normal would be. But again, it's, there's a little bit more normalcy. I don't think lockdowns are going to be here. But again, we still have to wear a mask. But before I get carried away, Roxanne, I know you have a baby bump at the moment. I need to ask you to buckle up because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine. <sighs> All right, because again, we always look back into the origin stories of entrepreneurs because again, whatever version of entrepreneurship or whatever version of founders we have now, we're not something that you were born with. It's forged with fire, pain, and sacrifice, right? Just like any you know success story. But I want to start all the way back, right? Because you can't be a hustler if you haven't hustled early on in life or you haven't tasted that prior. Can you recall what was growing up like and the first few hustles that you did? Okay, so I would say it's from my mom. She's really super street smart. I grew up inside a mall where she had her business. So that's how I was raised. I was inside the mall picking up all these leftovers from accessories, like creating necklaces out of it. Uh, I don't think I ever talked about it. So we had a couple of places inside Vira Molpa back in the day. Oh my God, Green Hills. (laughs) A place to be. Yeah, so I think it was less competitive in the early 90s, maybe 95, it's not like being an entrepreneur wasn't really for everybody. Like it's not something that's explored by everyone. So my mom, my mom did her business back in the day and we would just be with her in the stall. So I know the basic stuff, how you sell things. So it's really uh, to the consumers, how you do client servicing. But I never really thought about it. It was just more of, it's just there in front of me. So when I went to school, I uh, thought of how, what if I just sell also to my classmates or in school, some of the accessories that my mom uh, would sell in the shop. So I did. And I remember that uh, I would just, low-key offer it like for example oh we need to give uh, something for our teacher and i would wow. be oh you know this is this is something that we do and you know we can actually customize it for our advisor i remember that <laughs> and then i think the very thing that really that i would never forget was after i sold it people started getting from me like my classmates so like a small box mm-hmm. with all the, the sales that I made. And then one time, unfortunately, there was some break in our house. Oh, no. So, it, so, I, so it was taken from me. But I remember my mom, like maybe she knew how hard it was for me to, right. to sell these things. So the next day she replaced it. And and then from, from that, I really knew like it's really hard to earn, but it's harder to keep the money. Yes. And now it's in a different sense. Now it's still a big lesson for me that I cannot forget that, that those are two different things, making money and keeping it, whether Absolutely. you use it for anything. So yeah, so maybe that's one uh, origin story that might be interesting. Well, that's very interesting too. And again, like what I've seen in so many entrepreneurship origin stories, their parents, especially if they're entrepreneurs, leave an indelible mark to their kids because it's not just the verbal things that, okay, we will go here, we will venta, we will do whatever. But majority of the businesses or the entrepreneurs that I encountered that were exposed to this early had an active participation into that hustle that eventually it was ingrained with them very early on that they didn't realize that, oh my God, I've been doing it since I was a kid. But other than, you know, uh, the lesson of how to make money and keep money, are there other indelible things like, you know, how to how to approach hard work or any intangible things that you've learned from that early hustle that you've seen from your mom? Well, before my mom, I also grew up in her hometown. It's a small island. It's a heart-shaped island called Marinduque. Oh, and, wow. um, yeah, so it's uh, so every summer I go there, and my grandparents used to be the very first photographers in the island. So amazing, you know those old school cameras. Right. <laughs> 
Polaroids and all these things. So when we were kids, I would help my grandpa set up yung ID photos and then we would wow. go to the to, he even had a dark room. Mm to develop the photos and then I would go to my grandma all the way in the mountains to collect some payments <laughs> because it's like <laughs> you have to out and then right. you collect from from the people the payment for the photos so mm-hmm. I think I mean even in the creative field like it wasn't so I mean sorry to say this but I think in modern times we're yeah. focused on the creatives but before with the photographers you know all these uh, creatives back in the day mm-hmm. I don't think like there was so much focus on them but I still think they're entrepreneurs now I mean most are freelancers starting their digital companies but then I think that's also one influence for me because mm-hmm. my grandparents taught me how to smile for the camera even mm-hmm. before I learned to walk so it was also I think that's where I got the creative side because my my dad's an accountant my mom does business but with the creative side of things I think it would always be from my grandparents who are the very first photographers in the island right they have that eye for creating and keeping memories too absolutely and that that skill people skills whatever form it may take Mm -hmm. will always come in handy in any type of hustle and again you coming in from getting the hustle from your mom and from your grandparents that will translate. Now, I want to ask, because again, you've had, again, I'm a little starstruck eh? because you, if you said, if you're a slasher, you've been doing a lot of things at the same time. And I commend people who do well on that because most people can't even focus on one hustle alone and do well in that. But if you are a slasher, that means you have the discipline and you've formed that ability to excel in, in multiple fields, whether it's business and whatnot. Let's talk about first showbiz and business. Okay. Which came first? Uh, because is that something you did first while in school or did you try to pursue showbiz first or that was done in parallel? Well, when I was in high school, it wasn't allowed in an all-girls Catholic school to do commercials, these things. So right when I stepped in college, I started doing TV commercials. So wow. the background that I... So it was really business first, but not really official, you know, like where I just sell whatever I see from my mom and help her out. And then okay. when I was in college, I realized, you know, I, I need capital. Like you, it's impossible when people say like, you don't need capital. That's not true. Whether it comes in the form of... Of, let's say time or anything you know you really just need something to get the ball rolling yeah. so I was thinking how do I get capital I mean even if uh, you can ask from people or friends what if I try to save first if kaya ko naman why not so I did commercials uh, thankfully after several rejections I <laughs> landed my first and then it was all uh, consecutive na after you get the first you probably get the confidence you know when we were young mm-hmm. but we don't really have that strength yet like to face right people so finally when I was able to save up some money then I started my business so in college I I did those commercials then uh, right after college after four years I was able to officially start meaning it was registered properly I had a physical shop so that's how it happened to me Sigur just to add on this no most people would say like before and racket niyan ganyan but I think that's really like a like a weird thing for me because I never consider it as a one-time thing. Like when you say racket, it's just a per-project thing. But right. I really see everything as a long-term investment. Right. Like whether it's a personal job, like sports casting, for example, or doing business. Yeah. It's not like just a one-time thing and then you're done. So you do it yeah. simultaneously. And you're right. The focus is there for different things. You just really have to be smarter on how you work with things. Like not just being busy, but being productive with every business or enterprise or whatever hustle that you right. want to do. But yeah, that's great. I want to understand though. Okay. Because slashers, again, everybody tries, not everybody excels. Right? And if you're starting this early, one thing that I think people don't understand is that we're all given one resource that's equal among us. We're all given 24 hours in a day. It's up to you how you use it and what you do it with, right? Or what you do it for, per se. Early on, when you're in school, there's a big responsibility and you studied in Ateneo. That's a place you don't want to mess with because, again, not everybody gets to get in there, right? Number two, you're doing sports casting, courtside reporting. And plus, you had a business. couple of questions that I wanted to ask. First off, 
for you to chase all these rackets and side hustles or main hustles, I don't know what you considered your main hustle and your side hustle. There must be a chip on your shoulder that early that you wanted to chase. Because you can't be a racketera if you're not trying to chase something, right? There was a big prize. What was that early on that kept you wanting to go from thing to thing and do well from all of those? I mentioned my mom when I was uh, talking about the origin story, but I never mentioned that she, how do I say this? People took advantage of her. Oh, so she no. lost business at an early oh, age. Oh my God. So yeah. So th- so that had to time, step up. Yeah. That time we didn't have anything to trace all these estafa cases. You know, somebody oh, could just get your trust and earn it for, let's say, a couple of years. And then that right opportunity would come and you lend her, let's say, a case of jewelry, for example. And okay. then um, you you let the person borrow it for some time. And then you just learned that the person left the Philippines or wherever. So it wasn't really her fault. It was It's just something in us Filipinos, I guess, that sometimes we're too trusting and open. We really have good relationships. And then, you know, we just let go in terms of um, being uh, strict with our business right. deal. So when that happened to her, I think it was... The driving force also, like I know how overnight you can lose things. That's why it yeah. was, I was, I talked about it a while ago, like you, it's hard to keep things. So maybe it was more of, I want, I just want to make sure that in any case, you know, that this doesn't work, like there's always a backup plan or there's mm. just something that could save me for wrong decisions that I might make in the future. I mean, you know, like we thought, I thought that uniforms were forever. Like I didn't realize there was going to be remote learning after the pandemic. So now in addition to safekeeping your money or your business, it's also pandemic proofing or crisis proofing your business, right? Like yeah. because of what happened to all of us. So I think going back to your question, it was just that my mom lost her business because of her decision making. To be honest, it wasn't really poor because it's not her fault that she trusted someone. But right. that's what things are. Like some people could just really take you advantage. Know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's it's part of life. It happens. Yeah. So you yeah. gotta always CYA, as they call it. Cover your arse. <laughs> yeah. As as you want. Because again, you'll never know. You have to be a little paranoid. And there's this book that I always like. It's a great management book by Andy Grove. It says, the title is called Only the Paranoid Survive. It's a great book. If you're a startup entrepreneur or a businessman in nature, check it out. One of the best management books out there. Last question, we we take our first break. In connection to that first question, before we talk about A-list and how you originated this in college all the way to how you do it now. Time. Again, it's the scarcest resource that we have. But if you were a slasher early on and everything required utmost attention and time, for you to excel in all of them well, what was your hacks? in balancing that time across and still do well across everything that you're doing. Okay, I believe that each person has their, that there's a time where each person is most productive or most powerful. I don't know how you would say it, but Mm. we have to find out those hours where you're really in your element. Like, I feel like that's why people say, oh, I'm, I'm a night person. I'm a morning person. So what I do is that during that power hour, that's where I do all the thinking, all these things. And then during the time that I have low energy, that's where I do all the documentation, accounting when I was yeah. starting out. So that's right. like how I manage the time. It's not like an eight to five thing that you just force yourself in it. And, you know, but, but I think for some people, you need, you can also discover that you work well with the schedule. So, for example, you're an entrepreneur. Nobody tells you, eight, uh, let's say, 8 to 10, you do your emails. Like, nobody tells right. you that. So, if you're the kind of person who really needs a schedule to follow, then you can do that for yourself. It's just right. that for me, that's the thing that works for me. I discovered that early in the morning, let's say at 8 to 10, like I'm, mm. I have so much energy. So the toughest tasks, I do it early in the morning. Para tapos na. Mm. And then when I, when I lose all the energy, let's say up until lunch in the afternoon, I could go back to where I left off. Mm. But uh, what I usually do is that I align with myself at the start and at the end of the week, the things that I need to accomplish short term. And then see where I am at at the end of the week. So that's how how I do it. But of course, it's different for every entrepreneur. I'm sure you've right. interviewed different people. I think it's really that harnessing the right energy at the time mm. that you're most creative. And that's true because at, I, I'm the same, by the way. Before, I like to, I tried easing my day out. Like, okay, easy first, trying to get a momentum, blah, blah, blah. 
I'm a, a bit of a mix now. I like to get my groove doing some easy tasks first, just so that I can take it off of my list. And then I feel good about myself. Then I start working on the hardest stuff or anything that I need to delegate. Because if I become the blocker of everybody else, I my startup's biggest hindrance then, right? So especially for those things that you need to delegate and people have to like, okay, what's next? You need to give me the ball, right? You need to get that out. And then now everything goes downhill from there. So that when you get more sabaw as an entrepreneur, <laughs> you're not faced with big decisions when you're sabaw, right? Because it's really, yeah. really hard to, to do that when you're already like, you know, running low on battery. All right, Roxanne, let's take our first break. And when we come back, we'll talk about how you built up A-list, the ebbs and the flows and all the other businesses that you put up and how you made that happen along with your sports casting career. Well, let's talk about that more after the break. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at PH, the country's biggest SaaS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at sasschallenge.ph. That's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We are still with Roxanne Monte Alegre, who then told us how she was able to slash her way into her early part of the, her, her career. But a couple of things that I wanted to know. So after graduating, I don't know if you know this, but you did a couple of, you, you were obviously doing showbiz, but there is one thing about your LinkedIn that's very, very interesting to me because I worked there before as well, back in the founding days of it, Groupon. You worked I in guess. Groupon. I worked in Groupon 2011. I was in between the first management and then when Patrick and them came in. Yeah, because of Pat Cortero. Yes. Yeah, he's like the, the ultimate energy ball. Like yeah, I, I think he's still yo-yoing till now, somewhere out there. There you go. He's um I think he did his own um bar, bar and I, ABV. I Yeah, so actually the reason why I was there for a while was that I did work for a tech company also it's called rocket internet they started you did also- rocket yeah i did i was cmo right after college imagine i was what because i was cmo for rocket for specifically for wimdu it's like an airbnb platform they have but based in germany that was my very first oh and only corporate God. job because my classmate there I, I i did some major in france and only because i know the guy who's running it um right. got on board and they really wanted young people that time yeah well i'm not young anymore now but at that time they all wanted <laughs> in the tech industry young people young minds fresh minds to do to do things and i think right. that time in the philippines it wasn't really so ready for that kind of nope. business because mm-hmm. you know all these titas are the owners of the condo so it's not really for them to do <laughs> to, to, to online stuff but anyway the people i met in there also told me uh you know do you want to move to hong kong in the headquarters and right. then i said 
I have relatives in Hong Kong, but I have no plans in living yeah. in Hong Kong yeah. that time. So, so I said, okay, I'll try to find another job. But then Groupon made me realize, like, I really wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like, I, I really just wanted to try the setup with workmates and having mm-hmm. a normal conversation with colleagues. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever saw you there. If we ever no, no, were. I left in 2011, November 2011, and I think you started January. few months after it's funny because that the same thing groupon also taught taught me like dude i don't want to work for anyone anymore that was my longest employment 11 months and i was like so patrick if you're listening hi patrick thank you for those weeks (laughs) (laughs) he took me out for lunch because he would take the the newbies out for lunch i stayed for two weeks um it's funny because the reason why i met them was i was starting my entrepreneurial journey as well and even Mm. made um denim jackets for groupon that time oh i don't know if you ever got one but then you know no 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 they made yeah. sure I didn't get one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, hi wow. to our um, former right. colleague. Yeah. yeah so, so now you talk about the, the business, A-List. How did it start and how did you initially get traction from it? Because again, clothing is a tough thing to start with because this is something that's always been there. But how did you get A-List off the ground and how did that idea start off? Okay, so... I, you already mentioned that I used to do print ads, all these things. And during the time that collaborations were not yet a thing, there was actually a factory that has a sh- that has a physical store inside the malls that would get me to do uh, to be in their posters and their oh. uh, and all these racks. Model. There you go. Get on model pa ako dati. There you so, go. So I used to do that for them, and what I do is I would pick up my X deal, which are usually shirts and all okay. these jackets from their manufacturing as an exchange for all these posters, right? So mm. I would also use them as gifts. So when I went to the factory, I was like, okay, the quality that they have is really for export, and every time I go in school, mm. I don't find anything like it because maybe like you know it's not as as good. So yeah. I asked the owner like. Is it possible that I could start a small business, like a clothing business using your factory? And they're like, Roxy, our MOQ is like 500 to 5,000 pieces per design. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> but you know what? Since you've been work- uh-huh. helping us out with the print ads for a collab deal, you know, nice. you're like a daughter. We, know, we can, you can just ask one of our tailors to focus on you and your designs so we can wow. support your endeavor. So it was really out of the generosity of the couple that I started things out. And when I did, they were surprised in school because I was like, okay, can I offer these jackets? Initially, I, w- I just wanted to supply the current the brands that were already there. But mm. when they saw all these things, because I, I like traveling also, and I didn't see any Letterman jackets. You know, when you go to the Ivy League schools, right. you have those nice varsity jackets, and we didn't have yep. it here. But even if the weather's hot or sometimes it's rainy, like I just thought, like, how come we don't have the nice cardigans like Mala Ivy League? Like, right, all- right. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let me try to do something like that. And the bookstore director that time told me, Instead of supplying it to the current brands, I'm going to test you. I'll give you like a little humble rack here across the cashier. It was UAAP season. And he said, okay, Ooh. let's see your sales. And when I, kinakabahan pa ako, I'm not a, I'm a, not a designer, but I like right. buying jackets. Yeah, so when, for it. when I, I made one, uh, of course, the fabric also is pretty nice because of the expertise of my yeah. current maker and the patchwork, all these things. And then they all came together. After two weeks, they were all sold out. So he said, said, you know what? I thought it was just UAAP season. But I think even for me, I don't really like wearing loud Ateneo jackets because my head is like too much. So I just Mm. want a subtle one I could wear even outside the games because I am a basketball fan too, even since since I was in high school. But I just wanted something that I could wear even if I'm at the mall. Like it's just a small eagle, you know, it's nothing. Right. uh, Or the A. That I yeah, see as a, right. a, like there, and, and it's something that that I could also see in the brands that were not yet here during that time. You mm. know, when you go abroad, the you buy from all these big names, but then now they're here. But before, wala pa yan eh. So right. you really wanted something nice like that. And when I finally did, the owner told me, uh, sorry, the director told me, you need mm. to have a spot here, like to to build a list. So that mm. was my very first business. They gave me a a stall, a big enough to hold several designs. And the problem came 
came in when um, I wouldn't mention this company. I'm sure you know them. They mm -hmm. started buying all the manufacturers in the Philippines. Oh. So I already lost that perk that I have. Right, right. Because they also, land grab. Like they yeah, just they wanted also, everything. Yeah, right. they wanted to buy all the manufacturing. This is a very big company in the Philippines and yeah. they just bought, bought them. So I didn't know what to do, but uh, there was one student who, uh, unfortunately, his mom had cancer, wanted to sell oh the, the Patahian business, the manufacturing. So I said, okay, maybe Roxy want to take the what call, the machines. And I said, I don't have any background on operations. So what I did was I just worked with standalone, uh, how do I call them, like not naman freelancers, but who right. work from home moms and tailors wow. where I supplied to them the machines. So I have like an investment sort of, because if you just do subcontracting uh, yeah. for people, they won't really mind you unless you have some um, stake, you know. So I just had to help them out. And so right now, even before the pandemic, I've been doing the work from home style, like nice. even before this. So that's that, amazing. That's How did you maintain the quality though? Because again, you said came from export quality and then that obviously got acquired. I'm pretty sure it's not just the design, but the the, the type of you know products you guys create is a staple. How did you maintain that? So I'm very lucky that maybe several of the tailors that I found used to work also for... Oh. <laughs> yeah, and the reason why they're home is either they're retired already or like one of them, they have sick child at home like one has a daughter with dystopia who cannot move until here so oh, she really no. doesn't want to work in the factory anymore she needs right. to be home to take care of household stuff and then you okay. know as a kid at home so i it all came into place like i felt like it was like some sort of attraction that yeah. i found these people at the same time i needed mm -hmm. them so it was a win-win and the only uh way for me to maintain the quality is that i also hire someone who specifically is for quality control nice. just so to maintain the the standard it was a logistical nightmare because you have in different places but at that time i cannot afford to build my own warehouse because yeah. of course to buy the building, get all those fire permits, those insurances, and these investments. And right. for someone who's a 20-year-old, that's impossible. So yeah. the setup work, it's just more draining in terms of energy and time and coordination, but made things work. I mean, yes. if you're a work-from-home mom, you would rather be home with your kids and you would Absolutely. produce more. So you don't have to travel. So that saves you the travel time. The mm -hmm. overtime is okay because you get to do your household errands, for example. Mm -hmm. So it was more productive also for the tailors. That's amazing. Now, how did you scale this? Obviously, so now production check, right? Uh, you, you still have the, a good control of the market from Ateneo. How did that keep growing and how did you increase your team? Or were you a one-man team for a while? And if you were... How did you, again, scale? Because as your business scales, there's different things that you have to evolve with as a founder as well. More money, more problems, a little bit, unfortunately. So how did that happen? For Ateneo, for example, you only have a certain group of people buying things repeatedly. So you yeah, have recruiting clients, right? But you cannot really scale it because how many Ateneo universities are there, right? You have Davao, but that's it. I mean, up to several universities and then... You cannot anymore scale up. So what I did, uh, because I saw the opportunity, most of the alumni or the parents who would go in the store also work, let's say, for certain companies or they have their own businesses. So because they like the quality, they would. So th there's this mom who works in a bank. There are several dads who are from FMCGs, and they would say, you know, this is something that we don't see in the office or at work. Like, can you also customize for our companies, for our personal businesses, for our or even for government um, offices. So the shop there became my sampling uh, nice. uh, stall for, mm. for these companies. So I was that's how I was able to scale up. I mean, it's very humbling and I'm honored to be able to supply to more than 50 companies, you know. Um, yeah, just because of that little stall. But I think wow. the network that the campus had, these are also in your own words, hustlers. I mean, yes. they have their own businesses. Ganyan. Most of them have businesses actually. So right. 
it would also grow in time. Like, for example, I accept their offer. Like, they only have, let's say, five to ten employees. And then after two years, they've scaled their businesses also to a hundred. So my uniform business would still wow. grow, grow until the university itself heard of um, these um, quality materials that I was invited to bid for PE uniform. So now I'm the supplier also of kinder, grade school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so i supply That's amazing yeah but of course i still have to balance it so i have to be very um competitive in the market so right. i don't really have i'm not greedy in terms of the margins but i'm really looking for long-term partnerships and relationships so i just have a like a, an acceptable markup but what's mm-hmm. nice that these are long-term contracts i have with the school as well that's amazing but again i'm blown away but there will come a time that you can't do this alone and turn into a real business and a real founder that surrounds herself with the right team. How did you form your team as your business grew? And what were the, I guess, the speed bumps that you bumped into along the way? Because it's never easy doing it alone until you realize, oh my God, I need a team. And then it's it's totally different when you start hiring. Actually, Ron, I... I lost everything also during the pandemic. Imagine oh from, my God. from from all the success and then um, you suddenly have remote learning. You right. have suddenly have people not going to the offices. So I thought the uniform business was going to be stable. So I already had a team. I had someone doing the quality control. I have, so, I have someone doing all the sampling. Like I, I've set it up properly. Right. Then the pandemic came and now this is actually very timely that you talk to me because I feel like I'm starting again. I'm restarting. Mm all of these things again right and but with learnings of the pandemic so yeah. during the pandemic what happened was i had to lose my team because i had to start getting new people those who are willing to learn how to be digitally savvy because not everyone can keep up especially the super super old school ones or those who yeah. don't want to learn but because you have no choice you have to learn how to do everything on your mobile phone i had to close that and then we converted our tailors into ppe working stations to donate to the wow. hospital oh yeah wow. I, I don't feel like i have i can just stop you know so yeah. at that time it wasn't really for profit it was more of just to supply because my brother works in the hospital and he had several colleagues who died. He's a nurse in a public oh, hospital no. because of missing PPEs, you know. So it was very hard that time to get all these uh, materials together. And since I had the work from home set up way, way, way back, I would be able to do this with a tailor. So um, that time, I love life. Na ako. So my there husband... So I love life. My husband told me that time, you know, uh, he's in the pharma business. Business. So with the hospital set up and all these, he was able to help me out also. Nice. Yeah, so we started doing PPEs um, during the pandemic until you had a steady supply, then we stopped. Nice. But how did, because again, there were several phases during the pandemic, right? The, the first phase was just, you know, just messed up across the board. There's so much anxiety uh, over what what's going on. People didn't know how to adapt. And then eventually we coped and then realized, okay, wait, this thing's going to be because everybody started at the start is like new normal new normal like yeah okay new normal but look we're two years in and we're still it's a totally different thing it's it's here to stay and we need to learn how to live with it how did you turn the corner during the pandemic and what were the investments that you or moves that you uh, did that help you you know pick yourself up again especially if you did the PPE business after that yeah so I had to really close the headquarters or the warehouse I had in Katipunan and had to also let go of some staff who I I, I tried my best to take you know give them mobile phones laptops but it's really not for everyone so I can't I yeah. can't force like we, I really had to move from the traditional to the to something that would be more modern. So now I'm starting to rebuild my team, but more on those who could actually work in the setup that's more of a hybrid kind right now. Mm, yeah. I'm working from home, no more office for me, more virtual meetings. Right. And then the people that I have are also mostly in the creative uh, on the creative side. I had to put up even a now a digital agency as well because it's weaved wow. in everything. Yeah, but it's just been a year for that. And also yeah. because I had to help my my the ones that I worked with in ABS to also find some other work. So mm-hmm. uh, since my 
client network or brands and companies because of the uniforms and they didn't have any need for it, most of them would ask me, Roxy, you know, you do uniforms, but can you also do training videos? Can you also provide us talents or KOLs for virtual events? So I think the needs also of my clients shifted from, Mm. you know, the traditional stuff that they usually procure. And now it's more of a digital uh, related. So I also had to adapt. Since they're already, I'm already accredited in these companies. Um, yeah. If I don't provide them what they need at the moment, then I won't have any business, right? And we all Absolutely. gotta like live. So and that's true. Yeah. It's just it's that network that you built allowed you to then adapt to what it is. That's a trait of a real entrepreneur. Okay, you're gonna have to adapt to the times. You have to be a chameleon and really, you know, supply what what's needed out there and put some things and make some tough decisions along the way. But again being able to adapt with what the client needs. But I have a question. How did the internet play its role for your business? And specifically, how did PLDT Home Biz help you in your your business? And why would you recommend this to other entrepreneurs? You know, what's nice about PLDT Home Biz is that, okay, laking PLDT ako at home. PLDT Home, diba? And then yep. when they did the PLDT Home Biz upgrade, it was right. really more to help the entrepreneurs who didn't, who don't, have the background like not hindi naman eh, lahat nag-aral eh but during right. the pandemic you, you you know those pandemic kitchens that pop diba parang dami nagbebenta on the side ng food right. people just need to get by oh the uh, cheese pandesal everywhere diba parang dalgona coffee parang ang dami na naging entrepreneurs so what's nice with PLDT Home Biz is that they're supporting the home uh, business owners and parang with me din naman diba I had to move from the office to back to the home yeah. like it's it's, it's something that, that really helped me as a mompreneur now because they have logistic partners, for example, and a lot of so many free trainings. Like, for example, how do you register your business? I Even if I was an entrepreneur already for a long time, I didn't even know about the Bambi law. Because what of, is the uh, Bambi law? <laughs> I don't even know. Actually, okay, you have to know this. And if people here are just starting out, it's something that I picked up from PLDT Home Biz trainings that I never even heard of but before so it it could practically save you from your income tax if you have let's say uh, below 3 million assets and if you don't if you only have like one branch so if you're starting out you can take advantage of the Bambi law you just need to get a certification from your barangay that you're eligible for this and you can get exempted from your income tax and we always want to (laughs) pay less for it right so um, these are things that PLDT Home Biz I mean for me I think it's more of an advocate in a movement rather than you know like a, a package for entrepreneurs right. I've been also doing uh, Madiskarte Moms for them so mm-hmm. it's very fulfilling because we do reviews nice. for the mom businesses they are those who really thrived I guess yeah. during the pandemic because you want to be home with your kids right and right. always and always you you don't really have these uh, trainings and backgrounds to earn money but uh, the reviews would help even basic photography lessons but for my own business it helped me because I mentioned a while ago about the work from home setup of the tailors so I was able to provide them with internet as well so we can communicate properly I mean some are in Quezon <laughs> Some wow. are just nearby, but they cannot, they don't really, they just learned how to use Messenger and all these things, yeah. take photos. Recently, I am super thankful for PLDT Home Biz because yep. I get to share this knowledge and this connectivity even to my tailors who never even touch their mobile phones or they don't even know how to type things. Yeah. And now they're very savvy. So. That's amazing. All right. Again, shout out PLDT Home Biz for getting yes, that you. done. All right. Now let's take our last break. And when we come back, let's now pay it forward and ask you several more questions on how you can, again, balance the slasher life in the middle of pandemic and how you're now going to bounce back in the middle of a pandemic powered by PLDT Home Biz. Well, let's talk about that more at... Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter 
Kickstarter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust Dragon Pay. During the break. And we're back from our break. We are still with Roxanne Monte Alegre again, who then told us the amazing uh, hustle that she did uh, to supply all these uh, amazing clothing to, to all these things. But again, the pandemic is almost over. Kids are going to go back to school. So what's in the near horizon? Because everything now is like, all right, we're trying to rebuild this team. Clients are coming back in. I want to understand with A-list starting to pick up again. So if you went to hibernation during the winter, spring's coming, right? And that spring is going to be filled with a lot of opportunities. What's up next for you guys in uh, A-list? Okay, so for A-list, I was going to celebrate the flagship store, right? That was the plan. 
But unfortunately, we all know what happened in the Ateneo shooting incident. Just oh a few my days God, ago, yes. Right? Oh no. So I felt like it's so insensitive to do some sort of reopening. So right. what I'm doing is that I'm dedicating the opening sales this coming August to the guard who was yeah. the was a victim also oh uh, so i'll make the uh, official announcement also this weekend together with some athlete friends uh, yeah. where the proceeds of my sale in the opening would directly go to tangi yaman foundation they're organized by the jesuits of the school and they're handling the finances of the of the guard who was um who was a victim and he had five yeah. kids and i just oh learned no. today that uh, he's also the breadwinner in family of 10 so he was uh just to a little an info lang about him you know from my admin gene who interviewed because I, I i couldn't go i'm i'm pregnant so today right. Pinatanong ko sa kanya, like how how did he even get involved? And they said the guards there said that he was so so heroic. Like when he saw what the shooter did, he immediately tried to hug the shooter or like cover him yeah. to make sure that he won't um shoot any more other victims. So that's how he got involved. And I felt like uh, we can't just you know let this go like we have to really make sure that his family has something also you know the, he has kids i have kids and um so this is the least i can do like offer some something yeah. with a reopening in school so that's what alis is focused on now so we're uh i have the help of my athlete friends who would make the announcement it's also the feast of saint ignatius which is the yep. school patron this july AMDG, right there yes <laughs> july 31st and and uh, that's also the eleven the eleventh year of me being inside the campus, wow. so it's very um symbolic for me this weekend. That's why I think it's like a rebirth sort of for not just for me, maybe for a lot of negotiantes out there because right. you know face to face classes coming back. So you can just imagine all the businesses that were affected from the school bus companies to all these paper production yeah. companies. You know, it it it's, uh, really affected us. On my eleventh year, I'm opening with a with a fundraiser only because of something that we didn't foresee. You know, Horrific. the school yeah. very secure. These things happen. So that's what we're focused on just for next week. But yeah. then um, I've modernized the stall as well. So um, go. good news is that I I also checked because I, I was going to close it down. So when we when I went back to the school, I realized I was supposed to go to the door that, that has the directress's name and say like I'm not gonna renew anymore my royalties and all these things when I went there it was also my husband who was with me and he said why are you letting go of this it's you're it's not like you're a bad entrepreneur you just have to rethink again yeah. like think of what what's important to the modern day Athenian or student and then I was thinking about it I asked some friends and it's not anymore just clothing everybody has that yeah. already so you can integrate pay it forward campaigns. I can also help my fellow mompreneurs with my discarded moms or PLDT home biz to consign their products there as yeah. a way to have a physical shop that they, they can't afford at the moment. Mm -hmm. I can also put customized, more customized items. Like nice. if you're a modern day student, you kind of want some print on your shirt or, or notebook or even personalized gifts you know how yeah. gifting is now also a thing right yeah. so i just studied like how what are the important things now and those are the things that i'll be offering coming this august for the campus and all my other clients outside school that's so, amazing that is so exciting but i want to now find out i'll track back a little bit go back mm -hmm. not, not the whole time machine route but okay. sports casting uh, i just want to touch on this because alongside all these hustles that you've been doing that's something that's also been constant the whole way, right? And there's something about sports and competition and covering that that also has an overlap and has a halo effect in becoming resilient and becoming a great entrepreneur because mm -hmm. competition and sports brings that out of you and that teaches you. What are those things that you've learned in sports casting that I guess translated well in your entrepreneurship journey? Okay, maybe I'll just share three things para di tayo abutin bukas, Ron. <laughs> we can do bukas? Okay. Again, there's no airtime. Okay, direct won't get done. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, I'm sure uh, all my reporter friends know about this. No? So first thing that I learned with sports is that you cannot just be on time. You have to be early. In fact, very early. As early as four hours before warm up. the game. During warm-up pa lang. You should be there <laughs> 
lang, andun ka na, ikaw, athlete ka rin, you know, magagalit coach mo kung late ka, di ba? So, so from the warm-up, yung ano, da, sa dugout nyo, all these things, yeah. mind, you have to be there. So, if the if I have to cover games, let's say at 12 noon, I'm already there at 9 a.m. Yep. So, aside from preparing your interviews, you gotta talk to the key people. Uh, you cannot just be there during the live. Like, you will have nothing. And I think right. that's the mistake of hosts. Like, they think they could do sports casting or become a journalist right away. But what yep. they forget is that, you know, research is something else. Like, you really right. do that even the day before. So, you gotta know the people who have injuries, who are not gonna play, who are the new players, for example. What the are the game plan? Yeah, the game plan. I mean, are all they these gonna press? Are they gonna do 2 3 zone? What are we gonna do? Okay, there you go. Yeah, or even down to what book they last read, you know, <laughs> things wow. like that. Like even human interest stories. There is yeah. even Gretel Sultanis, I remember in volleyball, who only met his mom after eight years or something what? in the game. Yeah, like I have picked up human interest stories like that or another volleyball player who lost all her family in Ondoy and just got scholarship to play oh. in. I mean, there are so many stories. Right. And siguro, aside from yeah saying that uh, you cannot just be on time, you have to be early, it's that, you know, all of us just have stories to tell. It's like learning already just by talking to these people and sharing their uh, st- stories of struggles and success. And uh, maybe one more thing that, that a coach mentioned that I will never forget is we always have to be stronger than our excuses. There will always yes. be that. So, I love that. Yeah, mm. just... Yeah, so maybe that one. And Sigura, the last thing about being a slasher is that I've learned not just to balance time, but to actually weave all these things together that it's your it's in your part of your lifestyle. Like for example, you're a content creator, all these things that you do in a day, you simply like take footages of it and then edit it later on. Like it's not like I have to compartmentalize. This is already like my work time at eight to ten. No, it's not like that. Like if you're a content creator, for example, you you shoot your whole day and and then, you know, like it's going to be part of your life already. Like it's not like this is an 8 to 10, 8 to 5 work. Like it's not like right. that anymore. So Absolutely. that's uh, what I do also with a digital company. Like I do content. But mm-hmm. right now because of uh, mommying, it's quite limited. Okay. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. So you can Babies do- first. There you go. Okay. So especially the baby bump. Baby number two is coming out soon at center. That's a power forward. Three more positions to go. <laughs> or if you're going to go volleyball, then you have a libero that you <laughs> add. To, to and then the, doubles na lang sa tennis. Okay, okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay, you don't want to team. team. Okay, perfect. Okay, uh, just a couple, one, couple more questions. Just like in sports, entrepreneurship in sports, there's this, oh, there's this study that professional or high-impact entrepreneurs and athletes are similar in nature because they there's so much pressure that's uh, put into us. That inertia of wanting to be better is something that's, you know, you don't tell, that, oh, my coach didn't push me to be better today. I'm not going to train, right? Same thing with an entrepreneur. It's like, oh, what? Your customer didn't tell you to freaking do things today? That's not going to happen. But there's a dark side to this. That failure like an athlete in fail as an entrepreneur is very, very lonely as a path. And sometimes it's only you and your teammates and the people that around you can help you get out of that. During those dark times, a pandemic or you know things didn't go your way, how did you get back up? Because again, you can just you can say that our resilience can should be better than our excuses, but it's easier said than done sometimes. Sometimes you would need an extra hand or a miracle needs to happen to get you back on track. Talk to me about those instances where you really felt down in the dumps and how did you bounce back? Yeah, you're right. Like um, in all the games that I've covered also, there will always be like that time that you're either complacent and then you lose the game or, you know, you're just, it's just not your day. But I think what would always drive me is, you know, having a purposeful life. You know, you go back to the reasons why you're doing these things. Like for me, just like in sports, you have limited time. eh? Like in this life, like it's just 
you just have that time the clock and you have to check it you know there are times you you're on you're siguro back at the bench like just chilling first and just regrouping but then you have to go back there to play so we all have that downtime i think it's normal for humans to feel that need to recharge but I, I, I also know that uh, we don't really need to push ourselves because it's also human nature na manghihinayang ka with the time that you have and you're not making the most out of it. So it's, it's natural for you to go back. But I think what's important is you find, again, the right reasons for you. And now I, I'm a mom, so these are my kids. I have to mm-hmm. bounce back for them. And nice. uh, they also, they, having a family also would drive um, a lot of people to do better. Like mm-hmm. if before, like chill lang ako, like oh okay lang dito. But now you have to set me. I have to set targets now. Like mm-hmm. this is this is what I need to be able to to also provide for my kids. Like it's not right. like chill kana lang and you know that single life na just party or like travel or like just lose all your savings it's at some point so now it's yeah. like having targets and i guess iba iba rin eh like for for me i've always wanted in the future to have a sanctuary for dogs for example cuz oh. i used to rescue so i think you have to find something like that for you to be to para ganahan ka again yeah. to recover to to do something else and uh, siguro something powerful that we can share to those people right now listening maybe experiencing that downtime is that you know failure and failing is never the same so you can you know continue failing but when you say you've failed then you're done so so i think it's just really mindsetting that you could you could always like build not just from scratch but from your learnings and then you know, it's so easy to say i think some people would take more time to mm-hmm. to really go back but mm-hmm. but for me what helped me was ano was having kids so nice. <laughs> But but aside, so yeah, just, just to find that, right? Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that coming. I was I was already getting my MMK moment. Ano serioso, serioso ka na ron eh? Siko so ano, bu ano hashtag buksin mo ko. Thank you so much. Woo, that, that's funny. But the last question before I let you go. It's, it's understandable that starting a business can be very daunting, right? And especially if you've never done it before. But to that end, how important is it to have fast and reliable internet for businesses? I think that's a non-negotiable now. Like if yeah. you're not online, then, you know, the, not naman you're bound to fail, but I'm just saying that you're so left behind because having a reliable and fast internet connection allows you to be omnipresent. Like yeah. you, you don't have to just be local, locally available. You can be globally loved. I mean, right. that's something that a strong and reliable internet provides, you know, um, like going back to PLDT from Laking PLDT to HomeBiz, we have, ano, para ang, ang ganda na ngayon eh. I mean, you have your podcast network, Asia Ron. <laughs> so, you know how internet was able to connect you to many people, yep. to many things. And it's, it's a good opportunity. Uh, sometimes uh, people take for granted that we have this because <laughs> you can already create something for free, like your social your social media platforms for example you just sign up and it's it's free already like unlike yeah. before you need a huge capital to reach people mm-hmm. so now i feel like it's more competitive but at the same time the opportunities are boundless yep that is absolutely amazing again thank you very much Roxanne for sharing such an amazing episode but before I let you go invite people over if they want to reach out and if okay, okay they're, they're one of those companies that need swag when they get back you can't, you can't look ugly when you go back to the office or go back to school you need to be dope and fly as hell where do they go if they want to work with you or, or reach out to you and again get some alias or again any type of a hustle that they need that you can provide. Where do they go and how do they do that? Okay, so if you're in school, you can simply go to my shop inside the MVP building inside Leola School's bookstore. Or you, you can go. simply uh, go and uh, message me on my Instagram account at Roxanne Monte Alegre or go to the website that I have, which is digiscape.ph. So it has all the services, including the merchandise also of A-List. 
That is amazing. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast after listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any type of podcast after listening to it. If you see a five star there, give us a five star. We like five stars. And just to give us a feedback if we're doing well or not. And again, if we did say some jargon or any type of links you don't that Roxanne share, don't worry. It's going to be in the Hustle Share show notes on hustleshare.com. And if you also want to be part of our community, it's going to be the Hustle Share community on Facebook. Again, Roxanne, thank you very much. Thank you, Ron. Thank you for inviting me also to PLDT Homebiz family and to Hustle Share. So excited to uh, listen to more of your episodes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.